Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. Oh my, we've got a great guest today. I'm excited for you to meet the pitch whisperer himself, John Livesey. He is going to coach us on how to turn mundane case studies into compelling case stories. Get ready to take some notes. Today's episode is brought to you by the Breakthrough Sales Leaders Retreat. If you're a sales leader, get ready to break through to the next level of success and fulfillment by creating an authentic sales culture. You'll get the mindset, skill set, and tool set at the Breakthrough Sales Leaders Retreat coming October 20th with myself and Larry Levine. We're also going to be joined by Dave Sanderson, our coach, along with special guest Holly Dowling to create an incredibly powerful event, you'll leave with a massive action plan. So learn more and register now at the Breakthrough Sales Retreat, uh, BreakthroughSalesRetreat.com. That's the Breakthrough Sales Leaders Retreat at BreakthroughSalesRetreat.com. Well, today's guest, John Livesey, is known as the Pitch Whisperer. John shows sales teams how to turn mundane case studies into compelling case stories so that they can win new business. From John's award-winning career with amazing companies, he shares the lessons he learned that turned sales teams into revenue rock stars. His book, The Sale is in the Tale, is a business fable set in Austin, Texas, about a sales rep whose old ways of selling just aren't working anymore. And you're going to hear about this journey this sales rep takes as he loses his old skills and learns the new skills of storytelling strengthening his professional and personal relationships. Well, there's an introduction. John, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Daryl. I'm looking forward to our conversation and helping other people. Yeah, and I have been passionate about case studies, success stories, real-world examples um, in Revenue Growth Engine. I just, you know, I I went on a rant and one part of the book uh, from my years of actually being a partner in a marketing agency where we would go and we'd say, you know, you need a whole new campaign messaging and all of that and a website, new brochures, new everything and case studies. And what would end up happening. And I'm curious if this has happened to you as they say, and I would say, let's start with the case studies. They're like, no, 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 no. We'll get around to that some other time. Uh We need a new website. We need a new this. We need a new that. And they never get around to case studies. So I got to the point where I was like, look, I'm, we're not doing anything, nothing until we do half a dozen case studies, because this is where we learn what actually our buyers value. And this is where we begin to discover the stories. So tell me about this journey, the, the fable of the sale is in the tale. Well, the first part of all of this is that unless you can describe to somebody in a very clear, concise, and compelling way, who you help and what problem you solve, you're never going to have a good business model. 
Mm -hmm. And that's the foundation for it. And once that is clear and that you know who you're talking to, then the stories come out of that. Because the whole goal here, Daryl, is to get people to see themselves in the story you're telling about somebody else you've helped. Yeah. Because that's the magic. Because no longer do you need to push out facts. When you tell a story, you pull people in. And when they see themselves in the story, and that's what most people don't know how to do. They go, well, maybe I can tell the story okay, but I don't know how to make it so that people see themselves in it and then want to go on the journey. So there's a lot of mistakes people make not telling any stories, um, telling a story where they're the hero, or still not telling the right story to the right person at the right time. So all of that has to be completely in sync. And when that does happen, then the revenue rock stars come in because you're no longer having to force anybody to buy anything. They want to go on the journey with you because when you tug at heartstrings, then people open the purse strings. Ah, I love it. Absolutely love it. So let's just start here. Why do most case studies just absolutely stink? Like what, what is it about case study that started with good intentions, but it's mm. actually flat and ineffective? Well, the word study sounds like <laughs> right. Let's start with that. <laughs> right. And like, would you like to study? No. Would you like no. To no, I did enough of that in school. Thanks. Um, I have to study for my finals. I have to study for whatever. It's just left brain analytical. Let's analyze this. Right, right. Um, and try to pull something that we can use out of this that's at all relevant or helpful. Um, you know, when you go to MBA school, they give you all kinds of case studies to study to try and learn something so you don't make the same mistakes. So if you're a salesperson that's telling a case story, instead of let me show you our case studies and our testimonials, again, it the unspoken question everybody has, Daryl, when they hear you pitch anything is, will this work for me? Hmm. And otherwise, they might like you and trust you, but if they don't think it's going to work for them, it's just, well, nice. I'm glad that client had such great outcomes. I don't see how that's at all relevant to me. They're a completely different industry, completely different problems. I don't have their budgets, on and on and on. So that's why the importance of telling a case story where you're immersing someone in that is the key. And you're going to need more than one case story because most people I work with have three to four avatars, the ideal kind of person they're talking to. Mm -hmm. Let's say in healthcare. Well, sometimes we call on doctors. Sometimes we call on, you know, the head of the hospital. Sometimes we call on purchasing. You need a story for each person mm -hmm. that's relevant to them, why they were part of this whole sale. So there's four parts to a, a good case story that we can get into. And I love it. Give some examples of it so that people can literally walk away from this episode going, oh, I know I need to tell a story. I now have a structure to tell a story. And I've seen some of the examples that make me want to practice doing this. If we get, we get all that covered. Wow, let's dive in. This sounds awesome. And I know all of our listeners right now are uh, pulling out your notepads, your iPads, uh, because this is, we're going to go to school right now on, on uh, creating compelling yes. case stories. So yeah, where do we start? Let's start with giving an example of one and then breaking it down, going behind oh, the scenes, love it. if you will. So um, a medical tech company came to me and they said, we know we need to tell stories and we don't know where to start. 
And I said, well, what are you saying now? Well, doc, this equipment makes your surgeries go 30% faster. It's so logical. Why don't you just say yes instantly? And then they realized, oh, even something this expensive and this technical requires a story to hook the emotions. Hmm. So I asked some questions and now instead of talking about 30% faster, they tell this little story. Imagine how happy Dr. Higgins was six months ago using our equipment at Long Beach Memorial when he could go out to the patient's family in the waiting room an hour earlier than expected. Mm. And if you've ever waited for someone you love to come out of surgery, you know every minute feels like an hour waiting. And he came out, put them out of their waiting misery and said, good news, the scope shows they don't have cancer, they're going to be fine. And then turned to the rep and said, you know, that's why I became a doctor for moments like this. Now that rep tells that little case story to another doctor at another hospital. And Daryl, the secret is other doctors see themselves in it so much that nine times out of 10, they hear that story and say something like, well, that's why I became a doctor too. I want your equipment. Beautiful. Completely different. The client said to me after hearing that, that gives us chills. Hmm. Not only are we not telling a story, it never occurred to us to make a patient's family a character in the story. And so when I was working with them and trying to pull up, what does 30% faster really mean an hour earlier? Okay, who does that impact? Well, obviously the doctor can do another surgery maybe that day, maybe the patient's under anesthesia less time, but that's just sort of the table stakes. What else, who else is impacted by this getting done an hour earlier? And I said, the patient's family, because I just experienced that with my sister being in surgery. So they went, oh, Yes, I guess they would. So if we look at the four parts of that little case story, it's really honed in. It's clear. The doctor's the hero. It's concise enough that somebody could repeat it and remember mm -hmm. it. And it's compelling because I'm tugging at your heartstrings about if you've ever waited for someone you love. Even if you haven't, you can imagine how painful that is. So the exposition is the first part. The who, what, where, when. You must paint the picture to draw people into your story. We know the doctor's name. We know what hospital. We have a sense of how long ago this all happened. Now we're in the story. The problem is that there's this patient's family sweating bullets waiting to see the news of how their loved one's going to turn out. And the solution is the doctor comes out an hour earlier. So mm -hmm. he's the hero due mm -hmm. to this equipment. Mm-hmm. And then the secret to any good story is the resolution. What happens after the doctor gives the good news? He turns to the rep and says, that's why I became a doctor. Or she turns to the rep and says. Mm -hmm. And that is what pulls other doctors into the story because it starts to tap into their why. Ah, it's beautiful. So beautiful. An example of it and that they're selling a lot more of those uh, equipment uh, now telling that story. Simple and powerful. And, uh, you know, what's cool is I'm sitting listening to this, first of all, drawn into it um, and putting myself in the picture place of the family now. And I want to tell doctors I know about this mm -hmm. story. And, and you know, what's cool about the story is I think if you ask me about this story tomorrow or a week from now, Remember. I could probably repeat it back to you. Like. Yes. How many, like, we know the data on the abysmal amount of stuff that people remember yes, from yes. anything, a presentation, a class yeah. or anything. But I bet a week from now, if we got on the phone and you said, hey, remember that story about the 
you know, the doctor in the waiting room, I'd go, oh, yeah, boom. And I'd tell you the story right back. Mm-hmm. The retention side of that is incredibly, incredibly powerful. And why is that important? Because people have the meeting after the meeting. Yes. They're going to hear two or three pitches, whether you're an architect, medical sales rep, a speaker like myself. Mm-hmm. And then they have, they hear all the pitches and then they have their second meeting. Go, well, what'd you think? Well, they all sound the same. I guess we should go with the cheapest. Or if you've the one told a story they remember and repeat, they can share that again. Say, I really love that story about the patient's family and the doctor being the hero. And I think we want our doctors would love to have a piece of equipment like that. It would make everything efficient, but more importantly, it would make them heroes. And that fits our brand and our culture. And suddenly now, because the story is memorable and repeatable, it's causing you to be the one that they pick, even if you're more expensive. I love it. I love it. Well, so let's unpack this some more because this is extremely powerful. And I know everybody listening in, whether you're a sales leader, a marketing leader, or an entrepreneur, what we're talking about here is extremely, extremely powerful and a very practical way to, to grow and get the attention you deserve for all the, all the vision that you have. So yeah, where, where do you start? How do you, how do you start this, uh, this process and what should we be thinking, John? I think the, the biggest thing is to start to say, all right, now I have a sense of the structure of the story. Mm-hmm. Let's start filling in those points and make sure that the exposition isn't too long or too short. Mm-hmm. The better you describe that problem, the more someone thinks you have their solution. In order for the story to be at all interesting, there have, the stakes have to be high. Yep. Yeah. And then obviously there's the solution and that it's really that secret sauce is the resolution. So what, imagine if the wizard of Oz ended when Dorothy got in the balloon to go back to Kansas, but no, there's that scene of her in bed with going, there's no place like home and I appreciate you all so much. And so all of that Mm -hmm. has to be part of your skill set. I think maybe hearing another example from another industry would be useful. So people go, well, you know, we're not saving lives at what we do. Um, which healthcare does. <laughs> right. um, so I worked with an architecture firm and they were up for a billion dollar airport renovation. Whoever won was going to get, that was the price to renovate an airport. And, you know, part of their presentation is to show other work they've done. And they had some beautiful before and after pictures of other work, but no story to go with it. But so did everybody else, right? Every other architecture firm had beautiful pictures before and after. Mm-hmm. So we use that same structure and this mm-hmm. is the story that helped them win that billion dollar airport renovation. Four years ago, JetBlue at JFK hired us to renovate that terminal. It's a four year project. During that time, we had to rip up all the tile from nine at night till nine in the morning and rewire everything and get it done in time so the stores could open and not lose revenue. So we had all our vendors on call in case something went wrong. And sure enough, at two in the morning, a fuse blew. We had the vendor there in 20 minutes. They fixed it. And at 8.59, the last tile went down and all the stores opened on time. And now a year later, after the renovation, sales are up 22% because we've designed a place that pulls people into shop and causes them to spend more money. The client thought, huh, that sounds like what we want to have happen. Now, the old way of talking about things is we use 
critical thinking to anticipate problems. Right. What <laughs> right. says it? It's like, what does that even mean? But instead of saying that, I was showing it in a story. Beautiful. You know, are gone, right? Now you saw the stakes were pretty high, right? And there's a little bit of drama. The last high went down at 8.59, right? So they just made it. Um, the solution is the store's open, the renovation's done. But the resolution, the number one reason they got hired for the next airport was, oh, you're going to measure sales before and after this? So we can actually track the money we're investing to renovate this airport is generating more money? That's going to be great for all the taxpayers and everybody else who's helping pay for this to know that there's a, you know, a measurable outcome, that resolution is what's going mm -hmm. on. So it works in any industry. And uh, at the bottom line is whoever tells the best story is the one that's going to get the sale. Yeah, I think that is such an, a powerful example. And, and the word outcome is near and dear to my heart. I mean, I'm a passionate believer that buyers don't buy products and services. They buy the outcomes, products right. and services delivered. So stop delivering presentations about your products. Yeah. Start telling stories about yeah. the outcome. And yeah. uh, I love it. The tile's falling into place. You're poof, set, right at one minute to go, right? Yeah. And the, the stores are open. And this is, yeah, this takes, this takes good old Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins, all the, the gurus of sales that taught me how to sell on cassette tapes all those mm -hmm. years ago said, buyers don't buy off logic. No. They buy off emotion and story. Um, it's the language of the heart. Yes. We're wired for it. And also there's another level that you can get once you have the basics down, mm -hmm. you're um, relating dialogue. Hmm. Now, if you remember that story, I did have a little bit of dialogue. The doctor turned to the rep and said, mm -hmm. uh, this is why I became. Now, you, that dialogue must be in present tense. Hmm. As if you're eavesdropping in on the conversation and it's happening in real time. So Got that's it. another skill. If I just said, the doctor said, you know, later that he became a doctor for having moments like that. Not nearly as impactful as the, the doctor said Boom. to me right after the family was so happy. This is why I became a doctor for moments like this. Like you're in the moment, in the story. Love so, it. yeah, I, I have another example. If you think this is helpful. Uh, this These are fantastic. And, and everyone listening in, I, I know is thinking, okay, how can I apply this to to the outcomes my clients want. So yeah, let's keep it rolling. So what's, what's the next, what's the next story? It's story time with John. Yes. Um, so medical tech company, again, selling a 4k resolution monitor. That's pretty boring. They love to talk about those pixels. <laughs> That's right. We got, we got lots of pixels. We've got great color resolution. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> right. So now they tell a story of Dr. Peterson in a rural hospital in Minnesota, which is not usually known for cutting edge technology, decided to test this 4K resolution monitor. And the sales rep was in the surgery in case the doctor had any questions during it. Uh, they were operating on a morbidly obese uh, patient. So the risk was very high. And because of that, the doctor hit a bleeder and there was an audible gas in the operating room because it was just a sea of red to the naked eye. And 
the doctor calmly looked up at the resolution monitor and that resolution monitor was so clear there were actual subtle color changes between oxygenated blood and non-oxygenated blood that your naked eye couldn't see but the monitor showed and that's what allowed the doctor looking at that to find the source of that bleeder save the patient's life and after the surgery the doctor said to the rep you know we don't always need a monitor like this but boy when we need it we need it Boom. They're selling a lot. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> right. So let's look at that, right? There's the dialogue mm -hmm. in the resolution again. And you're also answering an objection in the story. Mm -hmm. This is an awfully expensive monitor. How often are we going to need something like this? Beautiful. Beautiful. doesn't matter if you need it one out of a thousand times. You don't want to be caught with your pants down, not having that tool and losing the patient. Yes. So there's a lot of sophistication that goes into those kinds of stories that require, you know, usually working with someone like me who can help you craft them. And then once you've got the hang of it, it totally changes the culture because I've had clients create a repository map where all the stories are living. People click on different states. And remember, I said you need different stories for different people. And so maybe the rep hasn't had a story that fits the person they're calling on, but their colleague has. They now have access to those stories to share. And the other huge outcome when you have storytelling in your company is it breaks down silos. Hmm. So within the medical company, they had three separate sales teams called selling, you know, one product, a systems integration product. And. They would get into one hospital with one product, but not the other two because the reps never even knew how to make an introduction. But now they have a 30 second case story on this map that they, allows them to make an introduction to break down the silos and start growing existing clients. Lawyers are siloed. Architects are siloed between practice areas, insurance companies, each person selling one product to a person yeah. who can buy multiple kinds of insurance. So people are hiring me as a sales keynote speaker saying, oh, we need a map like that. Yeah. You know, not only do we want to win more new pitches, but we want to break down our silos. Mm -hmm. And then the real magic comes if you're in sales management, because I work with people on their own story of origin. What got you into this? Well, my mom was a nurse. I was a microbiologist. I didn't want to spend my life behind a microscope. One architect says, you know, um, I was 11 years old. I play with Legos. Now I have a son that's 11. I play with Legos with him. I still have that same passion. Those mm -hmm. personal stories also get put into this repository map. And so they get to know each other and it becomes an onboarding tool for new hires. Oh, really cool. Get to know really, really cool. and get to share their stories until you make your own success stories. So powerful. I absolutely love this. And uh, this whole concept, it, the beauty of it is in its simplicity. And I see the amount of work and intention um, mm. and strategy that's put into the story yeah. creation, but the outcome, uh, the, the end product is simple enough that you can digest it quickly, get straight to the heart and you can use it. And I, I love it. I was a huge advocate, still am for, and this takes it up to the next level, but just saying, if you lead a sales team, every time you have a sales meeting, somebody should share a story, yes. right? Somebody, because these are the, these are the things we want to tell, but then framing that in the context of 
how you've you've coached us to do it today just makes it ah uh, just it's beautiful really really beautiful but it also makes them consistent so yes. you have a, a little format to give you feedback on like mm. that resolution was kind of weak or the exposition didn't tell me enough i didn't feel like i was right. in the story yet or that problem is there something else that we could up the stakes to and here's another big takeaway when you're trying to figure out what the problem is mm -hmm. and you're interviewing people or that have you know bought your product or um you're going to be interviewed you know to pitch and you say you know what is your biggest challenge you know and people give you an answer um that's called the presenting problem in therapy like if you go see a therapist with your spouse and you go uh we have problems with our love life and they're like okay that's the presenting problem the real problem is you don't trust each other anymore exactly the, the therapist is always trying to get to the real problem right yeah. and so it's a sales, sales professional so yeah. it's just simply asking these two words, Daryl. Anything else? Hmm. Well, yes, we also struggle with this, and that, ba -ba, ba -ba, ba -ba, ba -ba, ba -ba, and now we have a much better understanding of all the yeah. challenges, not just the first one that comes to their mind, which makes our story that much better. Beautiful. And there's a phrase I use because, you know, if you describe one problem, let's say, mm -hmm. um, you know, the problem is this airport has to be renovated. And the, it's a limited budget and we're competing with other people for supplies, which is a real life problem right now. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> there's a shortage of yep. labor and cement and everything else. Um, and then I add this phrase in, as if that's not bad enough, we're also struggling with A, B, and C. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. As if that's not bad enough. Then you really describe and they go, they really get us. Yeah. They must have our solution if they have that much of an understanding of the multiple challenges we have, not just the top one. Oh, and all of that builds trust. Mm -hmm. And this is so incredibly powerful. Well, John, how can folks get more of you in their life? This is this is just beautiful <laughs> stuff. Thanks. Well, um, the book is called The Sale is in the Tale, and it gives you all the formats and structure. And it's a story about storytelling. It takes you on a little journey. And if you um, want to... In to talk to me about coaching your team or speaking at your meeting, just reach out to me at my website, johnlivesay.com. And if you can't remember any of that, just Google the pitch whisperer and my content shows. There you up. go. And I have a free gift for everybody. Oh, if beautiful. Take out your phone and text the word pitch, P I T C H, to 66866. You get the first chapter of my new book free. Beautiful. That's pitch to 66866. Mm hmm. John, thanks for that. That's super generous. Thanks for coaching us today. I love this. This is just so spot on, super yeah. practical. Thanks for sharing uh, sharing your story and your heart with uh, the, yeah. uh, the whole audience here at the Revenue Growth Podcast. I appreciate you, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. And thank you to everybody in the Revenue Growth Podcast audience. This is, uh, this is just super, super practical. And I encourage everybody to go grab a copy of John's book because the, this is the essence of what is going to help you move your business forward quicker. And when you can get the outcomes with stories attached to them, imagine what's going to happen in your organization. Hey, thank you to everybody who's liking and sharing the podcast. I appreciate all of the reviews. It helps us spread the message. We've got an incredible roster of guests coming up 
throughout the fall. So make sure to like or subscribe on whichever platform you're listening in on today. Our commitment to you is to continue to bring you growth ideas that are going to help you bring your business to the next level. So to all our friends out there in marketing and sales, all our entrepreneur friends, I want to encourage you as we do every week, let's get going and let's get growing. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.